Hi, this is Lisa Blythe, and coming up on this episode of Daytona Scene, Jack White of the Jack White Land Company talks about what's new in the greater downtown Daytona Beach area, Riverfront Park, and also the art of infill redevelopment, plus a recap of last week's fun and this weekend's festivals, including Family Days, Jazz Fest, King of the Grill, and Miles Davis at Cinematique. Stay tuned for a look at the people, places, and events in Daytona. This is Daytona Scene. Welcome to the Daytona Scene Podcast. Al Smith here with Lisa Blythe. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you? Happy fall. It's fall. And, and, and unusual, it almost feels fall it around does. here. <laughs> it's, I it's actually, under 90. Yeah, we've had breeze. We've had less humidity. Yeah. It's been beautiful walking around downtown Daytona Beach. And its surf is up. Some good waves. I, I see the weathermen all frantic and worried about people getting in the water. And really, you know, this time when you get in the water and the waves are big, it's really going to prevent you from getting very far out. It's when the waves get back down and it looks like it's calm when it's not. Well, and you get a little more cardio as well. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) You know, it's a new workout, walking through the waves, trying to make your way through. My only recommendation of walking on the beach is walk into the wind first. It can be a bit of a challenge if you walk with the wind and turn around and realize. (laughs) Well, on our beach, occasionally it changes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it does. And you're walking the other way. Exactly. So we are here to talk about people, places, and events. That's right. All things in the greater Daytona Beach area. Do you have anything special that you happened to be participate in last week? Oh, uh, yeah, the Rum week? Festival. That's yes, uh, right. We scheduled Rum Fest. Had a good time. Uh, great bands. I mean, Main Street's... What's so cool about Main Street? It's a great party street, you know? You've got five bars down there that are very, uh, very good at... at setting up stages and putting on parties and you know they do bike week biketoberfest so they um they're very efficient and, and uh, throw a good party so it's fun to help coordinate all that and pull it off finally. which is coming up soon biketoberfest Biketoberfest. we'll be talking about on this show quite a bit so and the bank and blues club has been hosting some great artists including a lot of beatles music yes i did a double header so i went to uh before the Rum Fest, the Friday night before, I went last Friday night and saw um, the Magnificent Twelve do the White Album, and I tell you, they are so talented. That's I think the third time they've done it, and it's uh, really good. Through a couple extra things, even uh, Andrea even slid down the the rail of the wow. stairs <laughs> while singing while number singing. nine. Number nine? Did she down. do number? number did nine. they do number nine? That's right. <laughs> they did two numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, was it seven and nine, something like that? They were odd. Yeah, odd numbers. But no, it was a great night. And it continues uh, this coming week, too, mm-hmm. with uh, Paul versus um, John. Whoa. Yeah. That'll be deep. I really, I stuff. would vote for John in that. Yeah, probably. But, you know, together, they were better together. Yeah. Right. I don't know. They made each other stuff? better. I don't know. Solo stuff. I might go with. Paul. You didn't like Imagine? It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> Abbey Road. Well, Abbey Road oh, was together. Yeah, well, right. yeah. Well, they were on the way out. Yeah. But they didn't 
show it. They were one of those couples that didn't really act like it when they were getting divorced. Right. But, you know, some people, you know, oh, they're they're destined to be splitting up. You didn't know. No. They fooled it us. It seemed like they, they did it just right. A lot of music yeah. in a short period of time. Yeah. Well, coming up this weekend tonight, um, before we get into our special guest today, is the final party at Wine Me. Oh, yes. That's right. Saturday night, September 28th. So your opportunity to stock up on all your favorite wines, enjoy celebrating, I think she had about a five-year run yeah. down there in downtown Daytona Beach. But lots of changes going, good good changes for her and also for the street, Absolutely. which I think sort of a lead-in to what we'll yes. be talking about. Yeah, well, welcome to the show, uh, Jack White. Speaking of downtown, all things downtown, Jack, good to see you. How, thanks for coming and spending some time me. with us. Yeah, my pleasure. So what? Let's let's take it back a little bit. How? Where did this idea come of you? I know you kind of pipe pipered your whole family moved downtown <laughs> a few few years back. Yeah, we haven't uh, fallen off the ledge yet, but uh, <laughs> um, I'd say you know it started probably without me knowing possibly 30 or 40 years ago, my granddad, uh, even though he was mostly known for motels and hotels on the beach and condos, um, he had a vision uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s to um, to collect and, and buy a lot of the properties, strangely enough, on the same block that we live in and renovate it and make it more of a downtown mall. And then while <clears throat> that vision it was never realized, uh, thankfully, because that was during the time when they would just knock down all the old buildings and build a a mall structure, but, uh, with we, lots of parking, <laughs> with lots of parking. Um, but we did, you know, our family stayed in Daytona beach. And, and when we came back here in 2003, um, really saw a vision and the opportunity with, with what downtown was and, and can be, and, uh, have stuck it through you know, since that time. So we're still here. We're making more investments and, uh, look forward to all the, uh, all the uh, wonderful things that are coming along with the other people in our community that are also investing considerably more than we have or have ever done. So, and since then, you you and your wife Kelly have started a family. You've triplets, so now you have a litter of, you, of girls. You're a litter of girls, <laughs> and uh, they're running you're around. Surrounded downtown. by women. <laughs> That's right. So I've I've already I'm I'm always uh, at, at at the the heels of someone else telling me what to do. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, we, we, uh, they're, they run around downtown and we're, we're building a, a house now, uh, a couple blocks down on, off of Palmetto and looking forward to, uh, to continuing our roots and, and having to, our children grow up down here. So that's interesting. And before we got started, Lisa and Lisa lives downtown. Of course, you've been downtown a long time. We're, we're neighbors. And, and yep. so some of the, you know, Lisa, uh, single female living downtown, you said you've never once really had an issue and people. People have a perception that living downtown could be dicey or of concern, but that's not your either one of y'all's experience. No, I mean I walk my dog quite a bit, and you know it's time change. Sometimes it's early in the morning before the sun comes up, or at night when it's dark. And I've never had an issue. I mean, there have been some people who were unhappy with their lives and expressed it right. to me, but not at me. You know, right. and I and I can understand there's some people are struggling and. Um, you know, I think we're as a community trying to help with that and work toward a, a good solution. But as far as being afraid, I've, I've never had that. And what I really like about being downtown is everything is there. And I'm a real big fan of let's develop where we already are and stop chopping down trees right. to build more houses. Of course, uh, being in the title industry myself personally, <laughs> it's probably not a good thing to say. <laughs> 
But there's a lot of, you know, you can still get title insurance on a home and it's developed on a street like Palmetto. You know, there's already homes there, but we're redeveloping. Um, and I think that that's really as the environmental challenges facing Florida, including water, that's one way to help house all the people who are moving here without necessarily impacting the land. You see, my when you guys were talking earlier, my thoughts of wanting to do that were much, much less idealistic. It was like, you don't have a yard. I don't have to cut the yard or pay somebody to cut the yard. And then your yard is Riverfront Park. That sounds pretty cool. Right. And somebody That's else is maintaining yard, yeah. it. That's you know? right. Your taxes. And in some cases, someone else's philanthropy. Right. So, so. It, yeah, I've never really had that. And I really I like the idea of being able to spend a weekend and not drive. Yeah. You know, I can walk a lot of places, even down to Main Street for Island Rum Fest. Right. And I don't feel unsafe doing that. And I, I think some people, you, you hear stories that might get either blown out of proportion or just a perception of, oh, it's a bad area. Yeah. Because maybe there is some development, better development needed. Maybe we are needing some more code enforcement, improving some of the, the look of the area, but it doesn't mean that the people are vicious and violent. I like to use the analogy that deer kill 300 times more people than sharks do, but yet people fear sharks way more than they do deer. <laughs> and that's the reason because, it's, you know, deer kill people when people drive into them and things like that. Well, it's the same thing with downtown. The There's no statistic that says downtown is is not safe or that you're in harm's way. I mean, the, the fact that you move out to a, a, a suburb 30 minutes away, you're in your car every day. You drive more. There's where you're most, you know, uh, you know, risk because people die significantly more in cars than they do anytime downtown. So. Yeah. That's a good point. And same thing with planes. Every, every time a plane crashes, yeah. it's a national list. We have... Right here on 95, how many wrecks right. a day do we exactly. have? Exactly. You know, they don't hurt. look at statistics mm-hmm. and, and really consider the way that their lifestyle drives them to danger or, or you know, the way that they live. Well, Jack, you've really led the charge uh, down here, especially in the areas of, okay, how do we, one of the things we've, you know, determined to, to make the downtown healthier and the businesses healthier is to have more people, a critical mass of people live in downtown. So kind of explain some of the things you've been doing and where you see this whole thing going with, in terms of getting people to live downtown. Well, when I first got into redevelopment and, and, and kind of developed a passion for downtown, uh, everywhere you went, all the cities you visited, the, the thing that they were doing to bring uh, more life and, and, and more energy to downtowns was bringing the people back. And for, for me, the visits to the, the loft buildings or the condos that they were building was the coolest part. And so when, you know, the first thing and first opportunity we had was to build a loft building down here and to try to, to bring that, that, the energy and life of people back to the area. Uh, it takes a critical mass. It takes a certain number of people. So for us, building one building that had 24 units wasn't enough. You have to have hundreds and thousands of people uh, to, to do that. And so, you know, our, uh, obviously we weren't going to be the end all, but you could create the, the idea, the vision, the spark that would hopefully drive other people to do that. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, no doubt in my mind that there's one thing that you have to have in a downtown, it's got to be people and in, you can bring anything else and, and nothing is going to be more important than, than bringing the people because they're the ones who drive the demand for, um, the grocery store and the shops and the restaurants and things like that. You can't expect people to drive 30 minutes to downtown every every night or every weekend. You've got to have people walking around downtown every day. Yeah, that was my experience when I had the restaurant downtown. You know, lunch was always, uh, you know, pretty pretty good way to get things, you know, good business. But, man, at nighttime, when people go back home and they leave downtown and they go to Ormond or they go to Port Orange, 
you know, we'd have to come up with all kinds of yeah. big reasons why to come back. People not just are inherently lazy. Yeah. And, and I'm lazy. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I, I would, you know, I'm going to walk five minutes before I get in my car and drive 20. So if you have someone living, you know, in downtown, they're going to support and, and, and go to the places that are closest to them. It's, you know, it's, it's just human nature. And a lot of the improvements that are being made and, and contemplated being made uh, will help improve the walkability. That's right. Because we, we, um, we noticed that we, we talked a little bit about this earlier. There's a little bit of distracted driving going on. Yes. And it's, it's amazing how often you see people, either not necessarily intentionally, but inching through a red light or taking a turn because they're not used to seeing pedestrians. I think some of the improvements were, that are being made will incre- increase the ability for people to safely walk around more. Yeah. Yeah. The important the part of Beach Street and the way that we're looking at this design and, and streetscape um, improvement is that. 95%, 99% of our cities are built for the car. So we take a small area and really make it for, build it for the pedestrian. It seems odd, but if you think about it, it really provides a destination for people to drive, to park, and then to walk. And that's what we're trying to build. We're not trying to build a thoroughfare. We're not trying to build a boulevard. We're trying to build a destination. Well, so before you tell, let's talk about uh, the significant investment that uh, Brown and Brown and Hyatt CC Brown are making to our area, and how that, how you see that affecting the downtown, and obviously in a positive way. But, but how, does that going to help more people live down here? How do you see that? Uh, well, out? I think you know, getting back to, to to Hyatt's roots, he grew up in Daytona, yeah. and I think that's an important important point to make because he is is making a significant investment in a place where he has a connection, has roots, and wants to help other people create those as well. Um, I think what you'll find in, in what they're, um, they're envisioning is that, and I've talked with Hyde about this, is he's creating a scenario where people will be able to walk to, the, to work. So while he does it, his, his business is not to create housing, he's creating a scenario where Consolidated can see an opportunity to build housing where people can walk to work. And that's an important thing. When you have industry in a downtown and a core area that's walkable, then you're going to you're going to create these offshoots of, of opportunities for other other businesses, other companies that do this to make money and to to, to see the investment, the, the viable investment. So Brown and Brown, who's building on the old car lots on the north end of river, uh, Riverfront, um, basically they're going to have a nice, uh, they, they make it so that they'll have, a, when they look out their window, there'll be a nice front yard for them. There'll be right. a beautiful park. He's and, creating a quality of life atmosphere is what he's doing. Yeah. And and so, you know, he if he brings 1,500 new employees down here, you're not going to capture all of them. But if you can capture 10 or 20% of those people to live downtown, to walk to work, to use the park, to go to the restaurants, to shop at the shops, that's an industry. That's a that's an economic driver that will bring and breathe life back into our downtown. And, and so, back, go back to when you're talking about the Riverfront uh, master plan. So, when you know, I worked on that with some other, a lot of stakeholders in the downtown, very involved process. Of course, we had no... <laughs> earthly idea <laughs> well, well i think we were we were thinking maybe if we could find two million dollars maybe <laughs> yeah. and and your wife kelly was a city commissioner for, for you know a few terms and tried but the recession hit there wasn't a whole lot we could do and then on, comes along hyatt cc brown and telling us i could put 15 to 20 million dollars yeah into this park but but the park and the plan is really kind of the same right yeah i mean it's all based on on walkability it's based on creating a public space that is, is that is a an attraction, a living room setting for the community. 
And nothing on that has changed. The streetscape is still the same concept that we had envisioned back in 2008 to narrow the street, to widen the sidewalks, to create opportunities for restaurants, uh, to, to create out, more outdoor set, uh, seating. And um, so the, 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 you know, fundamentally, it's the, same, it's the same concept. We just now have someone who is able to help us see it to fruition in a lot sooner time frame than we had thought. Now, there's some of the pushback. Obviously, anytime you have change, there's, there's some pushback, especially for those maybe haven't been down here as long. Um, but why would you give up a lane each way? When Why would you give that up? You know, why would you keep... Most people want more lanes, not less. The traffic lanes, you mean, because it's four now. Yes. Yeah. The driving lanes. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a study in, in, in sociology in some ways, because I'd rather have... A thousand people that are coming downtown, parking downtown, shopping downtown, and twenty five thousand people that are driving through and just looking at the buildings and driving by, and that's what we have now. We've built a thoroughfare, right. almost a small highway through our downtown, and we haven't created a destination where they're going to stop and walk. And okay, you know, a thousand people that are spending money is worth ten times more, a thousand times more than twenty five thousand people that aren't doing that. And so that's that is the biggest argument for me as to why getting rid of a lane. I mean, Miami did this in the 1960s with Lincoln Road. It's a prime example. Lincoln Road was one of their big shopping districts. They closed it totally to traffic. Now, not one person drives down. It's a total walkable de- destination, and people now flock there. They park behind the buildings, and they get out of their cars, and they walk down the street. So the theory that if you kill the, the driving lanes, that it will kill the street is... is is by no means that's not even an argument. And that Lincoln area is one. I mean, I've, I huge. never saw it before. How long did it take? Do you have any idea how long well, does it take was, to really get that going? Um, I mean, I wasn't around in the '60s, but this is part of the. Uh, there were several streets that were shut down in the '60s, um, but I mean, I'm I'm sure you know that this was the time when people were moving out of the cities. Um, it it probably took it you know a decade for it to really get going, but. Um, today, you know, as people move back to the core areas, that walkability and, and that opportunity to have that right there is part of their living room. Going back to the, the special um, places that people seek out, people rarely ever seek out to walk on four-lane highways. You don't see anyone walking down 95. It's right. not a beautiful setting. You, know, you can go look at this. <laughs> the sunset <laughs> along 95. You want to go somewhere where you can park, walk, you see buildings, you see architecture, you see, you see landscaping, you see other people, which is important. People want to see people. Um, and that's what we're trying to create. And that, you know, I walked the dog this morning and uh, we take different paths every time, but we went over the ISB bridge this time and coming back. And, you, and this is, I get the same feeling when I go to a, a Tortugas game and walk back when it's dark. It really looks cool downtown. Yeah. You know, it's really a neat looking downtown. And, I, and it's exciting that uh, the uh, enhancements that are going to be made are not going to impact that at all. I mean, the, the, the elevations of the front of the buildings are going to look the same, correct? Right. It's going to just be some more enhancements. But it really does look nice. Many of our buildings were built before the car was, was invented, which is an important point because it was built with the idea that we have to walk. It wasn't an option. We were either taking a horse and carriage or, or we were walking or, you know. And, and then That'd be kind of fun. Mid-1890s, <laughs> the train came. But, but, I mean, in 1870s, there weren't cars. So, we were walking. or we you know So, our buildings are oriented and they're designed with the idea that we have to walk. And that's why when you walk over the bridge, you see that, that form 
it was there because it was it was required. And now we were a lot of our cities are going back to that form, and you know we're having resistance to doing that. But I, I think you know looking forward, uh, we'll be well suited to to be more pedestrian. Well, and given the health outcomes of uh, some of the people. I, I think our county ranks pretty low in the state as far as health. Most you know, significantly, Walking yeah. will help that as well right, and right. reduce our it's cost. It's what you do every day. You know, that's the idea is that you want to do it as something that you're doing already. So if you're out walking because it's beautiful, not because you're required to or that you feel like this is going to – you want it to be part of your everyday life. And that's what the, the holistic lifestyle of living downtown is all about. What I find interesting too is is the mall, like the mall kind of killed downtown in the 80s, right? 70s, 80s. And so now we've come full circle, right? Most of the new shopping centers are getting built. Our lifestyle center, called lifestyle centers, and they're basically no different than what downtown was right. in the 1800s, like yeah. I said. I mean, look at One Daytona, which I'm, I, right. I love One Daytona. We go there all the time. That's not a two-lane road running through there. It's a no. very, very walkable. Almost, it seems it seems odd when you see a, a car driving down the center of it because it's like you get so many people walking through. It's built for people, you know, and that's what they're trying to attract. And with all the residential they're building there as part of that development, I think that's what's going to help support and 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 keep those restaurants and and shops going. Well, and the tang the whole outlet mall concept is right. the same thing at the Tanger outlet. You park. And then you walk there. Right. And then residents are being, yeah. lots of residential areas are being built up around that. It's like, if you build it, they will come, right? Yeah. Somebody you, said you, that, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> About the baseball field. Baseball, right. Yeah. And we've got a baseball you know, field here, so we're, eventually they'll be here. And speaking of the baseball field, we've talked a little bit about the whole City Island Park. Um, next steps there. Do you have any scoop to give us? And what have, you might know that's going on. I have zero scoop. I, although I remember is when we were when we were dealing with the Riverfront Master Plan, City Island was so controversial that we took it out of the whole yes. scope, which I think in the end was probably a mistake because when you take it out of the scope, then it's got no plan, which leaves it open for an, any number of things to happen. Um, but I have I don't know where we are. I don't know what what is is going for. I just know if you look at City Island from a from a from a bird's eye view most of its parking and i think that's uh that's a, a pretty poor use of an island yeah so really that's well said. I, I, I think you can <laughs> uh, while i i don't necessarily think you take everything and I'm, I'm not a believer bulldozing everything and turning things private i do think that um that you can probably look at it and say we can we can design it better and i'm a huge believer in public spaces mm-hmm. and city island should remain public uh at least a, a vast majority of it should be Right, and, and that's I, I had somebody t- you know just went off on me about don't you dare touch the park or this you know but I was like well when's the last time you went there and they couldn't tell me <laughs> yeah you know? well, it's just in their mind's eye that it has to stay the yeah. same it can't be changed but I've to run some events mm-hmm. over there and done some things it's very difficult to uh, as currently constructed to attract a lot of people yeah I mean it was designed it was designed in the sixties and seventies and um, you know urban urban planning in that period was was uh, I think we're we're looking at it and saying that we could have done things better, and I still think we can. And I I, I think there's a better future for City Island, um, even if you preserve a lot of it. Um, I I I think it's a mistake to say that don't change anything because it's working perfectly is not. Right. Well, the Halifax Rowing Club is there, and I've, yeah. I bring my kayak and put it in it's the a water very well right used there. Facility. It's a great- and so is this. So is the uh, the library. I mean, my girls are there almost every day. Um, 
but you know the, the courthouse it's it was designed in a time that, that we're not in that time anymore you can't just walk into a courthouse you've got to go through security it's got so many entrances there that they've got to they've got to consider um so you know i, I don't envision that building being mm-hmm. there for for too much longer so what happens I, I don't know i don't think it would i mean no one's saying that's a beautiful architectural um you know piece of of building there so uh, i don't don't see that being there very much longer so to your point of of, of making sure you include things in a plan is is a very very astute point for sure and i I was on the first master plan we did which was a probably 10 years before a few years before nottingham plan and we did take that on the the city island and that was the the only time i've ever been to a public meeting where old people were throwing spitballs at me but (laughs) That's a story for another show. But but the one area that I think that we kind of planted a seed in a vision that now is coming true um, is what we called, then we called the church block. Because we had a whole, the whole Palmetto from ISB to Bay um, was, had churches. So while that, that time, you know, churches are, are looking for other property where they can have more land and do more things. So we're, we're getting there, right? We've sold that, that now is coming to fruition in terms of, of, churches moving out and now that being cleared and being used for you said consolidated smoke as a plan for that right they do and it's it's a it's a perfect plan and i remember uh, being involved with with that uh, uh kind of early stage concept is uh you know there was someone looking at the property to do a gas station and i thought gosh that would be the mm. worst yeah possible use of a of a massive block right in the heart of downtown on the on the spine of the isb corridor and Consolidated came along and said, we, we think we can do something better. And we know that, that a, a better downtown and a better beachside helps all of our properties out off of West of 95. And they, they have a vision that I, I think is unique to the area because they, they see it all working together and not opposing each other. And so they know that bringing people downtown, living downtown, and providing shops, and, and they've got even a, a grocery store as part of their plan, which I thought would take you know, 20 years. Yeah, me too. And, and, and while that's not what they're going to start with, they know that if they can build more housing, that they're going to, it would support, you know, the type of grocery store that we would want to have within walking distance. And I know they've got other things planned for the site, which I'm not exactly sure what, but they, they've, I think they've achieved all, um, all pieces of the property except for the Popeyes. So, um, you know, it's 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 the almost the entire block. Well, there's almost well a, a mini grocery store downtown right now already with Natural Concepts revisited. True, if you've been there, Joanne, and the store. farmers market. In the farmers market, <laughs> I went to, and I go to both on yeah. Saturdays, and pretty much that's yeah, really my grocery shopping. But for all the people who say if it only had a grocery store, well, that's part of the plan, <laughs> and you know we might be waiting for the later adopters to to do that. But I mean, we've been down here for 13 years and have never felt like we've lacked in in, in options. Uh, Kelly, you know, my wife goes to, to the farmer's market about every Saturday and can provide almost half, if not more of what we're looking for at the, at the farmer's market. Yeah, so. I saw her this morning. She had one of the grocery carts. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough where you can walk. <laughs> yeah. And just push, yeah. push it, it across. It was full. It she was had full, a full yeah. grocery carts. So, and I understand that we're also speaking of the farmer's market. That is a transition to potentially a Friday night activity. Correct. We talked about that a little right. bit on um, beginning next year, maybe or later this year. I no, January at awesome. the earliest. I think mm-hmm. they're yeah. trying to figure out the electric and how to get it all done. But I know the the city's excited about doing that. So yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I don't have all the details, but I think um, you know if you think about in in terms of what what you know uh, as far as design, I think 
it putting a farmer's market on a street, closing it down, making it more pedestrian makes perfect sense. And I, I look forward to, to what we see going on there. Well, the Deland farmer's markets on Friday nights, I've been there a few times. There's a lot of Is people there. Is it an artisan there. alley? Yes. Yeah. And there's yeah. several streets, several areas, yeah. and there's several food trucks, a lot of the restaurants. I mean, they put some tables out. It's an experience. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to create, mm-hmm. I think. And it's not hard to get to. It's easy. To, I, mean, I didn't have any trouble finding places in the area to park, to walk around. Right. Yeah. So be, that would be nice to replicate or do something similar yeah. in our own Magnolia way. All right. One last concern on this, uh, that that I'm, objection I'm hearing, Jack, on the redesign on beach street is how long is this going to take? I had, I, and I have said that on this show before is I lived through that when they actually closed the street for five right. months, but this is much more cosmetic, right? Yeah. I think, you know, as, as, as many meetings as I've sat through and, and, and being given the information on their, their plan is that they are going to take it in several phases. There won't ever, I don't think you'll ever have uh, a full lane blocked off. You'll always be able to access either the North or South lane to get to where you're going. Um, and they're going to take it block by block. They're going to do a lot of the work at night. Um, and you won't be doing significant underground invest. I mean, infrastructure. It's not like you've got to redo all the piping. It's, it's, it's the total antithesis of orange Avenue. Right. Orange Avenue hadn't been touched since 1930, I think. So you have a hundred year old or a 90 year old street that has clay pipes and, and and you know knob and two wiring probably and all these types of things that you you were having to deal with beach street was redone on the infrastructure side in the mid 90s so that 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 significant infrastructure is is has been done this is going to be um you know the 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 material that's on on the the sidewalks uh, obviously eliminating a lane on each side widening the sidewalk and doing more of the cosmetic type work and adding more parking and adding more parking yeah so restriping it i think at an angle that is a bit easier to back out of and so really a lot of what you're talking about is taking out the 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 pavers that are there the sidewalk that's there putting a new one in that's going to be wider and then restriping the road yeah the the, the median's going to stay exactly where it is so it's not like you've got to redo all that um you know you're not it's just it's 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 I think a lot of the misinformation has led people to fear what uh, has happened, you know, on other streets, but every street is different. Every street has a different history. And, you know, if I always say, would you rather do it when you have thousands of people living down here? Um, You know, when, when you really, really need it is not when you want to do it. You want to do it in advance with all the other infrastructure and all the other improvements that are going on in our downtown. Now is the time it was better now than it was 10 years ago. And if you wait another 10 years, it's going to be significantly beyond when you should have done it. So timeline, this is the first part, um, doing the streetscape. Then, uh, oh, well, Brown and Brown's already underway. Brown and Brown's underway. And you'll see, folks, just look up. (laughs) (laughs) You can see it all over the city. That's a massive gun building that's going on. It's quite tall. It's quite tall. And then shortly thereafter, right, the park, but as you were telling us earlier before we started the show, that they're going to have to really have, have some more definition of the timeline of what's going to happen yeah. with the streetscape before so, they can finish the park. Plan. Exactly. The, uh, the, the, the improvements will start at the building's edge and it'll go all the way to the river or the bayou or wherever you're at uh, on the street. So it's a seamless process. The city will be doing the streetscape and uh, the foundation will be doing the park. So you, you can't, you can't uh, tackle any one of the two prop processes individually. You have to think of them in terms of it as one 
So uh, there will be a time when they'll probably both be underway. Um, I think that the city is going to start on the streetscape first, starting sometime in January, and then uh, sometime, you know, probably a couple months after that, this, the the riverfront park will begin. Very good, Jack. Thanks so much for. Uh escaping your household to come spend some time with us <laughs> they kicked me out for, for an hour so I, I, I had to get out i have quick stories so i was telling somebody last night because i'm known for music i was actually helping put on a show and I, I told somebody about the podcast and that i was having jack white on and they thought it was the other show. <laughs> the white stripes yeah. play guitar at all. <laughs> i'm the uh I'm, I'm the disappointing one people say oh you're not the jack you're not jack white you're and i said jack not white. not that one not the one i i yeah. should be well, thanks so much, Jack. We really appreciate you sharing us. And we'll have you back on as we, because this is an exciting time. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I know you and I have, uh, you know, a lot of years down here trying to get things going. Exciting to see it finally uh, get going, just get over some people's fears of change, it's just, <laughs> which is a natural human reaction. But, um, but yeah, we're heading the right direction. I'll be back sure. on any time. Love to be here to give updates on things as they progress. Well, and hang around. We're gonna sh- we're gonna show you what, you what you can do this weekend. All right, mm-hmm. is that where we're at? You want to? Yeah. Well, that? and speaking of downtown, yes. another um, relatively new business, at least locally located downtown, is the Downtown Daytona Live, the WROD Studios, where Frank and Tracy do the morning show. Well, they've got this phenomenal art event. Have you heard of this? No, They've already not. done one uh-huh. of these. But if so anybody would know, it would be it you. Would, it's live <laughs> art, with similar to when Teresa was telling oh, yeah. us about the war of art. Yes. Except for there's no war here. No verbs. Um, Natasha Azari and Rain Hellman are uh, the artists, and they're going to be actually painting while you are there. So they'll be doing some canvas paintings. Uh, music from the uh, band The Trees of Life will be performing. Plus, there'll be face painters, other arts, and uh, c- comedian Tim Allen will be the host. And I don't think it's the same. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of like having me here. Kind of like, like Jack. Okay. Another yeah. Tim Allen. But yeah, so it, there's uh, doors open at 7, $20 for reserved seating, and you can also get tickets for 15 But that's Friday night, September 27th, Great. down yeah. at... And so that is bringing more people. I've noticed when um, when they play their music on the street, more people are like around. Yeah. You know, right next to Cinematique is that location. Right. yeah. So that's really kind of exciting. Plus, they have they're going to open their doors weekday mornings from nine to eleven. You can have coffee and pastries with Frank and Tracy, right oh, down cool. right there, downtown. So it brings people down to town a little bit more. And Very we've cool. got a lot of other out, other events that aren't actually downtown. Right, we've got uh, family days in Port Orange, and this thing is massive. They yeah, it's grown. They Flip do everything. They throw the kitchen sink at this event i mean it's like anything you can think of they got it and they do it very well i am not i'm telling you they well the main thing though they have the rides right did carnival you do rides. rides when you were a kid jack um, rides, carnival rides? i don't remember them if yeah. i did i think it jogged my memory the the tilt a whirl or whatever yeah. i yeah and the scrambler that's <laughs> yeah. the one that slams you against the side yeah so you don't want to be the on the impact end. on my on my head it made me forget i just remember it. oktoberfest <laughs> up at uh what's the church on nova road norman Anyway, used to Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Yeah. yeah, that was uh that was that was well, this is that on I mean this is yeah. massive. So that <laughs> Thursday it's this week, Thursday through Sunday. So Thursday they've got they start their rides and then they've got a food truck night and they've got like twenty different food trucks mm-hmm. out that night. And then they've got Jeep Beach is gonna be down there that night. They're they're doing a show and shine. So you know, I work with the Jeep Beach people, it's amazing how much money these people spend on sheeps probably as much as our houses, you know, it's like, it's amazing, but really yeah. cool, fun mm-hmm. people raise a lot of money for charity. 
it's a great thing. And then Friday night, they're doing dinner and a movie down there. So they're going to show Aladdin out on the, and this is all very family friendly, you know, Port Orange kind of thing. So they've got that. And then one Daytona has a kid zone with all kinds of other kids stuff to do. And then they on, like I said, they're going to throw everything at it. Then Sunday, they're doing a pet parade with Halifax um, Humane Society. So oh, all wow. kinds of activities go to family days. Um, for all your information, yeah. a lot of businesses set up. I don't know if you, yeah. you guys get up there, but I know no. a lot of uh, there's a lot of business, a lot of business all expo, around the all kinds park. of things. Man. Yeah, so that's a it's a great event. I think the theme is flip flops, family, yes, and fun. Flip, yes. So wear your flip flops, bring your flip-flops. family, and have fun. Yeah, that's what that's all. And it, there's also a King of the Grill is going yes. on on Saturday at the Casements Rockefeller Gardens. That's a Chamber of Commerce for Ormond Beach event. That's really grown as well. There's, yeah, it's good. I'm it's uh. Five bucks to get in and stuff, then you get your little sampling. If you want to be a judge and buy a sample, then you don't even have to pay the five bucks. That's a very good event. A lot of very strong community event there. That's a whole lot of fun out there. I love that location. Yeah. It's everything that great place to take pictures. It's hard to beat. The Childhood Cancer Foundation has having their fundraiser dinner. It's called the Glitter and Gold Gala, and that will be at the Ocean Center on Saturday night, September the 28th. It's a great event. Um, raise money for childhood cancer. All the money stays, most of the money stays local. Definitely helps out a lot of local kids. You know, I feel like as I go through this list, the only the only people not having an event this coming weekend is downtown. So I'm going <laughs> to... We do have something coming up in October. But Deland yeah. has their uh, craft festival this weekend. Downtown Deland's doing a craft festival both Saturday and Sunday. They've got like 150 crafters out there. So if you like that, head on down there. That's going to be a, you know... What I say is if you go to that, like go to the wine bar first and then go check out the crafts. It'll all <laughs> yeah. look a little better and you open your pocketbook a little right. more, right? <laughs> and then you could keep going if you like because Mount Dora is having oh, their, seafood, their seafood festival. If you want to head a little further west. But in New Smyrna, the Jazz Fest yes. is this weekend. My man, Mark Mondeson, he's been doing that for a long... Jake, I don't know if Kelly I, knew Mark. I know Mark. Mark. Yeah. You know Mark? Yeah. I know Mark. Great guy. Look, a promoter guy. down there. I think this is the 19th year. Yes. Is that right? 19th annual New Smyrna Beach Jazz Fest. And it goes for four days. And there's events on Flagler, um, on Canal Street as well. Yeah, he does a great job. And it's kind of a progressive, he's got like a progressive jazz fest, right? He brings a lot of uh, really top, top-notch entertainment, uh, you know, musicians and bands. And, and they play at all these different locations. And so it moves around throughout the whole weekend. It's very cool. Uh, come down and you know you can they kind of overlap a little so you can end up taking in like three or four um different acts in, a, in an afternoon or you spend the whole day it's just a really cool cool event you do the theme job. of this one is sun surf and song have you noticed the alliteration of the yes. theme to see their flip-flops and family or sun surf and song and the um actual festival poster was created by heather pastor of new smyrna beach so you can buy things with the yeah he's done a great job that's a very strong event. community event they do a Hats off to Mark, because he always wears a hat. <laughs> and the, the U.S. Navy Band is actually kicking off oh, an right. event um, at the Brandon Center, which that was the library at one point, wasn't it? In New Smyrna. I think the Brandon yes. Center right there on the on the water. And now they do a lot of community events there. And you can vote there when the time is uh-huh. right. <laughs> if you're in the New vote Smyrna. Early, just if you're a New Smyrna voter, right? <laughs> um, and if you really want to see some stars this weekend, you know, we talked about Jack White being here and Tim yeah. Allen. Yes. But the Embry-Riddle Observatory has an opportunity for you to go for free. All Anybody in the community 
And they are opening it at 8 p.m., weather permitting, and you can view the sky through their amazing telescopes and uh, binoculars that they have. Not like the ones I stand on the Wall Street Lofts roof and try to look (laughs) at the stars. Much better. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to do. I know. Everybody says there's nothing to do this weekend. It might require you getting in a car and driving a little bit, but there's Mm -hmm. a whole lot going on. And Miles Davis, that started... Oh, so did? that's going on through October the 3rd. Yes, that right. will be at Cinematique. Right. The you birth have to make of, a date and go see that. Of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. That's going to be a great show. Yeah. I'm Very excited cool. about that one. Very cool. Well, um, speaking of cool things, I'm going to jump <laughs> in and talk about what music I'm listening to right now. Just co- happens to coincide with a show that I'm doing with Mark Hodgson and the Rudy Tootie Band. You guys are all too young to know the Rudy Tootie band. I've heard of the Rudy Tootie. <laughs> but Fresh the Rudy and Tootie band played, uh, they were uh, back in the 90s, were quite the band. Mark Hodgson leading the way. Well, their drummer, Joe Barardi's coming into town. He's actually a very successful studio uh, drummer out in LA, but he's uh, coming to town. So they're putting the band together for a night, October uh, 3rd, excuse me, October 5th, the Bank of Blues Club. But he also put out uh, their, their live album called Mark Hodson, Rituity Band, Live Survival in a Tourist Town. And it's great music, and Mark is at his wittiest best, and it's like it's, it's like a flashback, and then if you've lived in a tourist town, it really kind of covers that. But this is recorded at the Quality Inn, Quality Inn Reef Motel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In the 20s lounge. In 1980, I'm not wrong, it was in 1980. 19- this goes back to 1980. Wow. So we've, we've had a really uh, fun time with... Uh, Mark's been very prolific, put out a lot of music over the years, written some great songs, and we've kind of formed a few different bands he's done over the years and had great success. We sold out every show we've done at the bank, and I'm sure this will be the same thing. So if you're interested, go to the Bank and Blues uh, website, and you can go right in there and pick your seat out. Nice. See it. What's yeah. the date of that? It's the 4th, October 4th, Friday the 4th. They're coming up. Yeah. All right. And one thing I had mentioned in last week's episode, but I just wanted to touch on, the Museum of Arts and Sciences is, is having their their annual passport gala and that's uh friday night the 27th uh-huh. so I'm, I'm going to that i got a, a seat at the table with the checkered flag committee wow so i know you were in checkered flag at one yeah, point weren't you I kicked off <laughs> <laughs> you no. didn't go to the races <laughs> no I, I went too much i stayed after hours too oh, long and they, oh, yeah. they had to kick me out yeah yeah <laughs> You can't do that with that <laughs> blazer at the same time i know right you gotta be representative <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have to mention one thing. So just to kind of, in the theme we're following here, one of the songs on Mark Hodgson's Rudy Tootie Band is Flip, Flop, and Fly. So there you go. That's my uh, iteration. Is that because we're in a a community with a space, you know, the Embry-Riddle Aeronautical No, this is before that, 1980. Just Flip, Flop, and Fly. So... What are you reading? You got anything you're reading? Anything yeah, you yes, I do. I started to read She Said, which is a book. It's a nonfiction by Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy, who are writers with the New York Times. And it is about the Harvey Weinstein investigation. Oh, yeah. Very and talking to the people and very in-depth goes into quite a, a lot about the representation of some of the women and also of Harvey Weinstein, because Gloria Allred, who... Yeah, and her daughter Lisa Bloom actually were representing. Well, Lisa Bloom was representing Weinstein. Yeah, in this, and she had previously represented women who were making accusations against Bill Cosby. So it's it's kind of interesting to see her 
change of heart, but it's really more about the investigation that was underway. More by lawyers those will writers. be lawyers. <laughs> right. Lawyers will be lawyers. It's, it's really interesting, though, and, and the, the writing is good. If you're not a nonfiction fan, the book club I'm in, we kind of go back and forth, but... Um, we we just finished the Nickel Boys. So I was gonna say you guys are going into I'd suggest a light reading for yeah. the next one. <laughs> Something a little lighter, maybe. And then we get together and have a nice conversation. We actually got together this past week at Rose Villa, the nice. second floor in the yeah. La Martini Bar. Had a nice conversation. Met a lot of people. That's a nice. Hadn't been there Very that nice much. Place, but yeah. Very good. Speaking oh, of the apartment downtown, yeah. Well, I think we've. Uh, this has been a fun show, Jack. Thanks so much for sitting yeah. in with us. Thank you. Lisa, good job as always. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody listening. Bobby, thanks for putting it all together. And uh, Bobby, like the producer. us, love us, check, you know, write a review. Soon we'll be up all over the yeah. place, but we uh, we're, on Spotify, you sharing we're on Spotify. But, and are we, where else is it? I know it's a link uh, on Anchor, the web, on the Anchor. Facebook com, page, right? anchor.com. Okay. And, we're, and once we get a few more shows, we'll have accessibility to see other platforms as well. So appreciate you listening and sharing and next week sharing it kate holcomb with the uh city she is with the convention and visitors bureau is going to be joining us we'll talk about all the festivals in october i'll tell i'll let her tell you the story of how she used to kick my butt regularly in volleyball oh yeah okay (laughs) she's quite enough i'm sure she'll be happy to do that i'm sure she yeah (laughs) and keeping in theme she's also a resident of the wall street law so basically we're going to go through every door (laughs) there exactly we're We're going to do the show until we run out of downtown people. And then hopefully by that point, uh, there'll be new people moving downtown. All right, get out and enjoy all these great community events out there. And thanks for listening.